Welcome to Alabama AgCast, a weekly conversation about news and issues affecting Alabama farmers and forest landowners. Alabama AgCast is produced by the Alabama Farmers Federation. Welcome to this week's Alabama AgCast. I'm Brian Harden, Director of Governmental and Agricultural Programs for the Alabama Farmers Federation, and I'll be sitting in as your host again this week. We're going to mix things up with this episode by taking a look at how the November elections might impact agricultural policymaking moving forward. I'm joined by Mitt Walker, Assistant Director of Governmental and Agricultural Programs for the Alabama Farmers Federation, to have a conversation on the political landscape and dig into the races Alabama farmers should be paying attention to. As a matter of principle, I would like to note for our listeners that the Alabama Farmers Federation is a nonpartisan organization and this conversation is not intended as an endorsement of any particular candidate. Rather, it is simply our take on the current political environment and what it means for Alabama farmers. So, Mitt, let's just jump right in and start at the top of the ticket. President Donald J. Trump is in a tough battle for re-election against former Vice President Joe Biden. In 2016, most prognosticators gave Trump little chance of winning the Republican nomination, much less the presidency. How are things different this time around with President Trump running as the incumbent? Well, thanks, Brian. Um, I would say, you know, as we look at this cycle, probably the biggest difference is in 2016, Donald Trump, the candidate, was the political outsider. That was the platform he ran on. Um, His message was, you know, I want to go to Washington to drain the swamp. Obviously, this time he can't really run as an outsider. Um, But one thing that the president does have going for him is um, the opportunity to run on his record. Just a few months ago, the economy was really in good shape before the coronavirus hit. And uh, I think even though the president was looking to face a a real challenge with Vice President Biden, he hoped the economic successes that um, his administration had kind of brought in would be a a pathway to four more years in the White House. Obviously, with coronavirus and some of the civil unrest going around the country, um, you know, the discussion has changed. I do think when you look at some of the policies that have been enacted and how they affect agriculture in particular, um, some of the things that come to mind right out of the gate are tax reform, regulatory reform. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, voters may not be paying attention to those things as much as they would have if we were to take the coronavirus out of the equation. Um, Certainly the Supreme Court and, and the nomination process there is on everyone's mind as we approach the election too. So a lot of variables that I don't think anyone could have predicted just a few months ago have kind of come into the discussion. Obviously these two nominees are representing the platforms of two parties that have grown further and further apart. We know generally where the two parties stand on issues such as abortion, health care, and taxation. But Mitt, talk a little bit about how the two candidates differ on their policies regarding agriculture and rural America. Yeah, there's actually quite a big difference on on a variety of issues that affect farmers. Um, You know, trade is certainly one that was um, at the forefront of the Trump campaign, and it's been a... um, something that they've spent a lot of time working on between the USMCA, the Mexico and Canada agreement, as well as China. Ag labor is another issue as as we talk to farmers around the country and farmers here in Alabama. Getting that labor in place and knowing that they've got a dependable workforce is a a huge issue. There's certainly differing um, points on, on how to address immigration and labor reform. Regulatory reform I mentioned a while ago. Um, I think under a 
four more years of the Trump presidency, you probably see continued um, regulatory reform efforts. Um, a lot of the things that have happened in the last four years could potentially be undone under a Biden um, administration. Waters of the U.S. would be one that comes to mind off the top of the, the page. And then, you know, kind of the elephant in the room is climate change. To two totally different approaches um, between the two parties on one, what is climate change, and then two, whether it should be addressed and how to go about addressing that. So um, lots of, of different issues out there, and all of them would have a pretty significant impact on farmers moving forward. Okay, so let's cut to the chase. What states will ultimately decide who wins, and what is the final outcome on November 3rd? Yeah, I think... Um, as you look at the presidential map, um, it's going to come down to that same handful of states that have been in play the last couple of cycles. I think the ultimate winner is going to need to perform well in Florida. Um, Trump is polling um, very well for a Republican among Hispanic voters. I think that bodes well for his um, prospects in Florida. From there, Pennsylvania will be an important state. Outside of those two, look to states like Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, um, even Arizona and North Carolina, I think, are in play this time. North Carolina here in the southeast has become more and more of a, a purple state, meaning that it's not necessarily a Republican-leaning state anymore. So um, as you look at election night and as you look at polls today, too, I think it's important to remember, even though you see national averages showing one candidate way up or one candidate way down, it's really going to come down to that handful of states and the Electoral College that decides the winner. Um, I will also say this could be a very different election in that we may not know the winner of the night of the election. There is um, great potential that it could it could go on for several days or even weeks before the ultimate winner is decided because of mail-in ballots and absentee ballots and, again, how the coronavirus has affected the political process this time. You mentioned several states that will be key in the presidential election. There will also be a handful of states that will decide which party controls the Senate in the next session of Congress. What are some of those states, Mitt? Yeah, I think some of those same states will come into play, Brian. Um, you know, right now the Republicans hold a 53 to 47 majority. There's 35 seats up for election this year. 23 of those 35 seats are currently held by Republicans, which means that for all intents and purposes, Republicans are defending about um, twice as many seats as Democrats. Looking at Alabama, it's probably the state that gives Republicans the best chance for a pickup with um, Coach Tommy Tuberville um, running against Senator Jones, the incumbent. Michigan is also a state that has a Democrat uh, incumbent that a Republican candidate is performing well there. So there, there's an outside chance, I think, of a pickup in Michigan. Um, there's also quite a few states out there that um, Democrats are looking to um, unseat sitting Republicans. Arizona um, is a very competitive race between uh, Martha McSally and Mark Kelly. Colorado has got a um, former governor taking on a Republican incumbent in the Senate. And even closer to home with Georgia, um, Georgia actually has two Senate elections taking place this time that are not necessarily locks for Republicans. So quite a few states in play, and um, it will be interesting to see how the demographics and the dynamics play out this time. So any races in particular around the country that farmers should pay special attention to? 
Yeah, I think, you know, kind of shifting over to the House, um, away from the Senate, there is a critical race in um, Minnesota this year. Colin Peterson is a longtime member of the Ag Committee, currently serves as chairman of the Ag Committee, and um, he's in a very tight race. He is a Democrat incumbent. Um, he has been a really strong supporter of agriculture throughout the years, and um, his district has changed and has become more and more Republican over the last few years. He's in really the fight of his life to keep that seat. Why does that matter for Alabama farmers? Colin Peterson understands agriculture. He understands production agriculture and has been a, a strong ally. If the Democrats keep control of the House and Colin Peterson is no longer there, we could see a very different type of chairman taking on the helm um, on the Ag Committee. There's also um, quite a bit of discussion right now surrounding who would be the ranking member or chairman from the Republican side of the aisle on the Ag Committee in the House. G.T. Thompson from Pennsylvania, uh, Rick Crawford from Arkansas, and Austin Scott from Georgia have all thrown their hat in the ring to be the next Ag Committee chairman or ranking member from the Republican side. All three are really good guys. I think we could work well with any of them, but um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out as well, Brian. Okay, so let's wrap up with a look at federal elections here in Alabama. We have open house seats in southwest Alabama and southeast Alabama, along with the Senate race you mentioned earlier. What should farmers be paying attention to there? Yeah, I think we could start down in southwest Alabama. It is most likely going to be a Republican seat. The, the real battle there was the Republican primary. Jerry Carl came out on top there. I think Jerry Carl pretty easily wins that um, race down in southwest Alabama. Um, Barry Moore is in southeast Alabama from Montgomery down through the Wiregrass. He prevailed in the Republican runoff um, for that seat, and again, very Republican district, most likely will be the, the winner there. Both of those gentlemen have expressed a strong interest in serving on the Ag Committee and really going up and being a voice for Alabama farmers. And then the big one in Alabama this year, I think, is the Senate race. Tuberville versus Jones. Um, the Farm Pack, which is our political action committee here at the Federation, did endorse uh, Coach Tuberville early in that race. Uh, most of the polls continue to show Coach Tuberville with the lead. Um, he's been very vocal in his desire to serve on the Senate Ag Committee. So as we look at changing um, several members potentially of our congressional delegation out, one thing that I think Alabama farmers should be excited about is the interest that all of them are showing in um, being a voice for Alabama farmers. Um, Coach Tuberville has worked hard to get to know our farmers and understand what their needs would be. And um, it will be, uh, I think, a, an interesting race that the entire country is paying attention to. Mick, great information for all of us and reminders as we approach Election Day on November 3rd. Um, just a reminder to, to get out and vote. Uh, for Mitt Walker, again, this is Brian Harden. Thank you for joining us this week. And for our listeners, please stay tuned for this weekly AgCast wrap-up. And now, your weekly AgCast wrap-up. This is Carla Hornady, Commodity Director for Cotton, Soybeans, and Wheat and Feed Grains. RMA offered hurricane insurance protection wind index for the 2020 crop. This coverage was available on 70 different crops and available to counties in the vicinity of the Gulf of Mexico, the Atlantic, and Hawaii. Payments are triggered when counties experience 74 mile an hour sustained winds. A payment was triggered 
for Baldwin, Clark, Escambia, Mobile, Monroe, and Washington counties on September 16th when Hurricane Sally hit and moved through our state. Those who signed up for this coverage are beginning to receive payments. In 2021, this coverage will be available again. As Jacob and I mentioned last week, harvest has begun in many areas of the state. With 10 days of dry weather forecasted, we will see an increase in the number of combines and pickers in the fields and on the roads. There are areas of the state that are three to four days from getting in the fields due to the rain bands that move through from Hurricane Delta. Yields and quality of the crops in counties affected by wind and rain associated with the hurricanes is still unknown. We do know bowl rot is an issue with cotton. We would ask that as you see more farm equipment on the road that you give them the space needed to farm safely. They are working hard to provide the food and fiber we all need. Thank you for joining us for Alabama AgCast. For more information about today's conversation, check out the show notes or visit alphafarmers.org slash agcast. Be sure to follow Alabama Farmers Federation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next week for another timely conversation from Alabama AgCast.